Okay, we are recording. Hooray! Yes. All right. How you feeling? You ready? You good? You hyped? You hyped? Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And we found our cold opening. Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm transforming into a car. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound they make in everything. Yeah. Uh, that's the sound they make in every movie and cartoon that they have ever appeared in. Uh, and Yeah, I did my research. Good, I'm glad that you... And you did it so flawlessly yeah. as well. That's the impressive part. We're watching Transformers this week. We're watching the first Michael Bay... Transforming movie of Cars. That's the full title of the movie. It's the prequel to Cars, the, the Pixar franchise. Yes. Before we talk about Transformers, we're wizards. We are actual... <laughs> we transcend time and space and we make things manifest. Yes. Last week, while we were recording, we made that Ivan Ooze Pikachu fan art. That it, it appeared as we were recording. 15 minutes after we dropped the Power Rangers episode last week... Shout Factory announced a Power Ra- a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers complete box set. All four seasons of the show and the the movie that we watched, which might explain why it wasn't available to stream anywhere, because mm. Shout Factory may have oh. snatched up the rights, which means that it's no longer available. That ex- explains why we had to jump through the hoops. Maybe they listened to the first couple minutes of the podcast, heard our complaints, and immediately <laughs> said, we have to remedy this situation. The people want... These films. I tell you what, they they turn that artwork around very quickly. <laughs> they just like Google image search Power Ranger helmets. He was in Mighty Morphin. She was in Mighty Morphin. No, that's SPD. We can't use that one. That's from Dino Thunder. We can't use that. But yeah, the the, the Power Rangers movie that we watched is getting a Blu-ray release I'm as part excited. of this set. I kind of want. I'm um, here's the thing. As an adult now, Power Rangers is that silly thing I liked when I was a kid, but. So is Doctor Who, and I do own every single classic Doctor Who serial on DVD. So, I don't think it's out of character for me to own all of Power Rangers. You said that you weren't going to own the Power Rangers movie. Yes. That was... Okay. But... So, this whole podcast is just you saying you you aren't going to own this or that movie, and then turning around and purchasing the movie. But, I, I want to stress this... That box set looks really cool. It's very fancy, but all box sets, that's how they that's how they get you. <laughs> that's how they get you. That's how they get you. They make it look really cool and fancy. I mean, that's fair. I, d- I can't say that I've watched an episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in... Since puberty? No, I've definitely watched one since puberty. It was uh, about... It was 2012 or 2013. It was oh, okay. on Netflix. Me and my friend Nick, Nick Simberg, who used to co-write Port Center with me, we were just like, let's throw on the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. How because was why that? not? Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> it, it it was it's just badly written, poorly paced. But I can see why a a seven, eight-year-old version of me would be so ensnared by the show, so captivated. Because it's bright colours punching other bright colours. Mm. And that's that's all you need when you are you know, younger than the full length of a presidential term. <laughs> That's all you need. You don't need anything else. Like, green punches blue. Perfect. I'm in. I'm on board. Sign me up. But we made that box set happen. Now, I know, because of the artwork, because of the tweet, because my friend Brian works at Shout Factory and says it's something he's been working on for months, that we didn't make it happen. But... We did, though. But we absolutely did. We did. Our podcast resonated backwards through it, time. Yes, it's outside of time. Yes. Much like Our us. Our manifestation powers. We exist outside of time and yeah. space. And our, our podcast is delivered. Like, next week we're doing Wreck-It Ralph 3 on the show. We're just going to talk <laughs> about Wreck-It Ralph 3. Yeah, I remember that was one of my favorite ones. I really enjoyed watching it 300 yeah. years ago. <laughs> um, we don't... We rec- These get released when they get released. We record them in a non-chronological uh, order ex- outside of the space-time continuum. Um, we haven't, at time of recording, we have not sat down to record the Barbie and the Rockets episode yet. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I've heard good things from people who have listened to it, but obviously 
you can't listen to your own podcast before you've recorded it because that you don't want to be influenced by yeah. by what it causes you hear. A paradox. And yeah. Then, and then you've murdered your grandfather. It's, Oops. It's definitely problematic. Um, but we, uh, uh, this movie, the next movie that we're doing this week is actually our grandfather. It is the Michael Bay Terminators. <laughs> Terminators? Transformers uh. movie. Um, it is Transformers, written, directed, starring Michael Bay. <laughs> I assume he's one of the go right? I assume right? that he does. He did all the mocap for <laughs> for the the ro- the big robot men. The big the 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 the, the metal boys. Yes. The now it's all go bots. It's they they go and they stop the other the bad bots. The uh, stop bots. The stop bots or or the, or the um the botniks uh, who are led by Doctor Robotnik who who <laughs> with created his mean, mean machine. with his mean mean machine. And, uh, yeah, so the the plot of a Transformers movie is the GoBots mopping up all of the beans. See, you're joking a lot, but I genuinely don't know very much about Transformers canon, so you have a lot of power in this dynamic, I, and you could say just about anything, and I would nod along and believe you, because I don't know any better. I... Transformers is one of those shows that, like Power Rangers, I watched voraciously as a kid, but unlike Power Rangers, I've retained zero percent of any of the original Transformers cartoon, any of the lore, any of it. I remember, the last time I remember seeing any animated Transformers was on my eighth birthday when my dad used to manage a laser tag uh, place in, oh, in my hometown. Fun. Yeah, so we had my eighth birthday party at uh, at the, the laser tag place and in the little room where they make you watch the little video that's like, here's how you do a laser tag, don't, you know, be cool. Instead of putting don't a training... Don't be cool. Don't be cool. You're at laser tag, you're not going to be cool, let's be fair. <laughs> Um, but, uh, instead of making, instead of the training video, that room kind of became like a, a, a movie room and the TV, the little te- teeny tiny TV in the corner was showing animated Transformers. It was definitely the cartoon, not the, like the movie from 86, cause that would be traumatic for a young child. But, um, that was my birthday party was laser tag with a bunch of kids. Most of whom, not, not going to lie, didn't like, they bullied me. Aww. Um, but that was probably the most fun I've ever had on my birthday was like, my dad runs a laser tag place. Fuck it. It's, you know, let's shoot each other. Shooting a kid in the face that you do not like. Satisfying. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. If there was more laser tag in this country, dot, dot, dot. Oh, no. Let's not, no. No, let's not finish that yeah. sentence. But I don't remember. I know I've seen this movie. I know I've seen this movie because on a trip to England, I want to say like eight or nine years ago, I went to my friend Eddie's house and he and his wife Kirsty were like, let's just put on Transformers. It's a fun movie. And I remember falling asleep during that movie. I don't know whether that was the movie or the jet lag or a combination of both, but I do remember the GoBots standing on, on the lawn of Charlebeuf. <laughs> standing on Indiana Jones' son's uh, back, backyard, um, talking to him and getting a real, like, Toy Soldiers vibe. And I'm getting real deja vu because I know that we discussed this when we were recording the previous episode, but I also know that I edited all of that out. Okay. We're going to cut this bit out too. This is all gone. Cool. We're not. We're actually not recording. The white phone's not turned on. That means I have to make my robot sounds again. Gone. I don't remember how I made them. She should do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very different from the last time, but I, I still approve. Yeah, so I haven't seen Transformers in about a decade, yeah. and I haven't my my Transformers knowledge, everything I know about Transformers now, I uh, learned through osmosis from David Willis, who does the webcomic Dumbing of Age, because he's a huge he collects Transformers and is a big big old Transformers nerd. Hi, David, if you're listening, probably Hi. isn't. I don't know you. <laughs> uh, next time he's in town, which is never, <laughs> I'll introduce you, which won't happen. Yeah, I went and saw this in theaters, and I would have been in high school, and that's the only time I've seen this. And the only reason I went and saw it is because I was like, Transformers are kind of like Beast Wars. That's it. The end. That's it. Well, I love Beast Wars so much. Yeah, I be- really don't care for Transformers. If I'm being honest with myself. Anytime we get to a conversation where you can talk about Beast Wars, even for a little bit, for a few seconds, your whole face lights up like <laughs> a pinball machine awarding an extra ball. And I put my hand over my heart. Yes. And I just feel rosy inside. Yes. And then you pledge allegiance to the flag. To, I, I pledge allegiance to Optimus Prime. <laughs> now, in, in Beast Wars, he is, he's not a go-bot. He's a gorilla man. He's a gorilla. Right? Okay. Yeah. But he's a go-bot in, in all the other ones. I guess. Okay. Is that really what they're called, go-bots? I think that's a different franchise. I and thought I... that go-bots were the ones for the small children. Pro- I mean, you probably. You know what? I'm going to look it up on my magical internet device. 
While you do that, I'm going to say a huge thank you to everyone who backed Typecast on Indiegogo. We we had just shy of $7,500, which we can use to make a couple of really good episodes. So we're really, really excited about that. So thank you, everyone, who, who did the thing. GoBots was a line of transforming robot toys produced by Tonka from 1983 to 1987, similar to Transformers. Although initially a separate and competing franchise, Tonka's GoBots became the intellectual property of Hasbro after their buyout of Tonka in 1991. So technically GoBots are Transformers. So yeah, I guess you could say they're an alternate universe within the Transformers franchise. That's kind of cool. Anyway, they're all GoBots and they uh, work... With young Indiana Jones to <laughs> save the world from Mutt, Mutt was his name. Mutt Williams. I don't know why I was blanking on that name because it's not immemorable. It's just stupid. <laughs> so they work with Mutt Williams, uh, young Indiana Jones, to uh, stop Doctor Robotnik. And Dr. also Bonnet. that lady. Which lady? Megan. Megan. Megan Fox. Megan Fox is in this movie. I think yeah, that's her name. Megan Fox? Because she also played April O'Neil in the Ninja Turtles reboot. Did she actually? She did. We will get to that in oh, some time. I feel like she's way too old to be April. Because I thought April was also, like, young. Uh, I mean, April O'Neil is supposed to be a journalist, so I would put her in, like... I thought she'd be, like, early 20s. I would put her in, like, late 20s, early 30s. Oh. But also, the Ninja Turtles reboot was, But what, the Ninja four, Turtles four are teenagers, ago? and it's kind of creepy if they're hanging out with, like, a 30-year-old lady and kind of proving out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, is that almost, just how teenage boys are? That is how teenage boys okay, generally never are. Mind, then. They are very much about it's like. It's fine, I guess. I mean, I still remember being 13 years old, seeing the video for that. Don't I'm impress me much hear, by Shania Twain I'm really and thinking, the oh, she's hot. Sentence, so I'm going to talk no, over that's it. That's it. That's I'm the whole keep story. That's the whole story. As I was 13, and I thought Shania Twain was hot. Okay. Like that's it. I, I feel s- like that's a pretty universal experience. Yeah. I don't know actually. Do you know what she looks like? Did you ever watch that video? She's blonde. In the video, she's kind of a bottle red. Fuck. Then I don't know. But I remember like watching that video, and I'm not going to talk about Shania Twain anymore. She knows what she did. <laughs> she's Canadian. Is she? Yeah, apparently. Really? I had no idea. I didn't discover until really? she... Really? There was a new story... What's her real name? Because there's no way Shania Twain is her, her real name. Her real name is... Uh, actually, it's um, Ryan Reynolds, fun fact. <laughs> um, it... I, I did know a girl named Ryan once, so that checks out. I knew a girl named Brian. So we're going to go watch Transformers. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're going to stop talking. We're going to watch the transforming, the amazing transforming GoBots created by Michael Bay. Yes. And we're going to watch some Punch Dr. Robotnik. And we'll be right back after these very old commercial messages. The all right everyone we are back we watched two hours and 20 some minutes 20, 23 minutes 23 minutes of robots punching other robots uh, and or people uh, <laughs> i'm not entirely sure i have the skill set to properly articulate what just happened. What did we watch? Molly, what did we watch? What was I subjected to? We... I feel like you could take this movie and use it as torture in a torture situation. Like, if you needed to get information out of me, you could strap me to a chair and and just put this film on a loop. And the only respite I would be, I would get, would be during the, the the gap between the beginning of the end credits and the end of the end credits when the film would start up again, because it's just you've fallen asleep during this movie. Though. I so at some point I've I I very nearly fell asleep. I didn't actually fall asleep, but I did lose fifteen minutes. I realized I'd been looking at my phone doing other things for fifteen minutes and lost a chunk of the movie. But when I looked up. It was... The same. It was more or less... I mean, I don't want to say that things hadn't happened, but the film was so incomprehensible that even the bits I had seen didn't make sense from moment to moment. Do you think that one time you watched it, you fell asleep because your body just... Your mind needed to escape, and it was just like, shut it all down. Shut it all down now. <laughs> I had previously chalked up my falling asleep during the last time I watched this movie nearly a decade ago to just to jet lag. But I do think you're right. I think my body was just trying to force myself out of this plane of reality so I didn't have to endure. Because I cannot... 
I the only other movie I've ever felt this level of dissonance about was when I went to see um, the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie at the theater. Mm. I left the theater, and if you'd asked me what I'd any if I to describe anything I'd seen in the what previous just, two what hours, just happened? I couldn't tell you. I I can tell you vague images about this movie. I know we saw robots punching other robots. I know we saw Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. And I know we saw young Indiana Jones. <laughs> Matt. And uh, 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 John Voight, friend of the show, John Voight. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's a personal acquaintance of mine. <laughs> In the sense that once uh, I saw him at Ralph's and we walked down the same aisle. It's fun. <laughs> you know, you've walked the same path as yes, John Voight. Yes, exactly. I'm amazed he goes he, to... I mean, he glanced up and we made eye contact. So and for me... Describe to me what the, what this just tell tell me this story he because was, this is more interesting well, than Transformers was, will ever be. He was on the phone. He looked really confused to be there. Like he blacked out and woke up in a, <laughs> in a Ralphs, which makes sense because why would he need to go to a Ralphs himself? He was on the phone and he seemed agitated. Whatever conversation he was having, so maybe he was on the phone talking to someone, trying to figure out how he had gotten to the Ralphs. And what he was expected to do there. Yeah, he seems like he seems like more of a Vons kind of guy. Yeah. I don't think he. I don't expect to see him at the Ralphs at all. Yeah, maybe smart and final. Mm. I feel like he's he's he really appreciates good deals, and you can find better deals other places than at Ralphs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, incidentally, we are sponsored this week. Let me just check my notes. We are sponsored this week by Ralphs. Oh no! Oh. Damn it! I'm not getting paid for this now. <laughs> we might as well just not read the ad I just pretended that we were paid to be. It's, I, the thing about this movie, th- these movies are great. Tell me the thing. I really, really want to know what the thing is the about The thing this I movie. like about these, because there is no thing other than, this is the, the Transformers movies are great for like pointing at the screen and going, oh, I know that actor. Not like I know that actor in the sense I know them, although that, that know did. John White. That did happen, friend of the show, John Voight. That did happen with a couple of actors like, oh, I know that guy. But like, I know that guy in the sense of, oh, there's this character actor. Oh, and there's this character actor. Oh, look at this guy. He was in, uh, he was in Diagnosis Murder that one time. Lots of men. Lots of men. And the women are, (sighs) Michael Bay doesn't not, he's not pro-woman. No. No. I even asked you at one point, (laughs) after a couple lingering shots of uh, Megan Fox's flesh form, Michael Bay really doesn't like women, does he? He... There are any lingering really shot on a woman, woman serves two purposes. Either it's A, it's eye candy, like we're getting too much shot of a midriff or the light is catching Megan Foxes in a way that you are absolutely certain was like enhanced in post mm. to to better provide an aesthetically pleasing like butt curvature. Uh, or it's a woman being imperiled to to a, an obscene out. It's degree. It's really important that her boobs be out while this is happening. Yeah, like there was that what like towards like in the the third act where all there of were the... a good two or three or four shots even of like yeah. women just kind of splayed out on the street screaming as like robot things happened overhead. Yeah, and that one. I mean, that one shot in particular. Which, because she was so prominently framed, I thought, that has to be Megan Fox, right? And it was that one woman in the blue top, and the camera kind of yeah. w- moves over her. She was a... heavily featured. It was in yeah. slow motion, but she yeah. was just a random woman screaming for fun with boobies out. It's The boobies were emphasized. Yeah, I, I, I imagine the, 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 the breasts got co-billing uh, <laughs> on, the, on the poster. I don't know that she did, but certainly, certainly her breasts... It's difficult to... Here's the thing. Typically, what we do in this podcast is we attempt to go through the plot beat by beat. I think that's something we can't do here. I think that's something that we were able to do with... Even the Digimon movie, we were able to kind of, like, float from... The magical lost episode of the Digimon Uh. movie. We were able to kind of float from, like, beat to beat. But this entire film, it's like someone took a smaller film, put robot monsters in it, and then put that film in a blender and just hit the button. And the resulting... This film is the is the cinematic equivalent of taking all of the different coloured Play-Dohs and smushing them together. And getting just mush colour. Just mush beige. 
it's there's it's no. It's a filmic suicide drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, this is the what they do is you you fly out to what was it Switzerland or wherever where they're they're more relaxed about that stuff and you sign a note from the doctor and then the doctor <laughs> hands you a copy of Transformers on Blu-ray and then you go off into a little room and you watch Transformers and and you slip away into the night. Yeah. That's, that's what it, that's what almost happened to you. Do you I think really, you had like a near death experience? I do feel I feel it's like, like you got spirit punched out of your body, Doctor Strange style. If I'm uh, this okay, and um, um, this is being recorded for posterity. If I'm ever dying, if I'm on my deathbed, if there's been an accident, you grab your iPad, you play <laughs> me Transformers because at least if I go, at least then it will be like you'll know I want it. That <laughs> I, 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 I needs to I'll go. I'll know if you ever like explicitly ask to watch Transformers. I'll know yeah. what that means. You know when there are people who are like, they're going through a, just this horrible terminal illness and they're, they're at the end of it and they're in, you know, maybe they're in hospice care and they just, they can't let go. They, they're ready for death and they cannot let go. I feel like this movie it just... prompt you to let go. It uh, just tickles you under your pits until, <laughs> until you lose your grip. You know how, um, like, in class, like, when the teacher, like, had been out drinking the night before or just hadn't prepared anything for that particular day, so they wheel in the television and you guys watch, like, Titanic in French or whatever? I feel like, like, having one of those, like, AV units with Transformers just on standby all the time. Just wheel it in. I feel like that's dangerous, because what if, like, someone doesn't know what it is and they walk up and they press the play button and then they fall down dead? But the, I mean, the other the corollary of that as well is that what if this look? They're very weak right now, but they might pull through. And but it's like it's someone's grandmother, and and they're like, I'm in the will. It's not technically murder. It's just like, hey, grandma, let's watch let's watch this a movie. Got really dark. We're gonna put really on Transformers. Fast. Or what if the TV's on in the corner of the room and Transformers just comes it on? To be on. Yeah, they're flicking through the channels and it's on. It's it's terrifying, but it's a reality that we have to endure in, in the 21st century now. Is that Death by Transformers is... It's a real possibility. It's a real possibility. Something you, you and your family need to be prepared for. Ask, you need to have a kit. <laughs> ask your doctor if Death by Transformers <laughs> is right for you, because it almost certainly is not. So let's just hit on some of like the, the stuff that stuck out to us. The beginning of the movie opens with a bunch of inconsequential soldiers all telling us how rich and detailed and their deep back their backstories are, and lives are. And how we should care very much And we should about definitely them. care about them. They've, like, one of them's got a baby to go home to. One of them likes to eat at Tufet. One of the, yeah, one of them, uh, uh, you used the words amuse-bouche, but I think that you were talking about something else. Yeah. Yes, you were talking about... See, this film is so blurred in my memory that I don't know <laughs> the things you were talking about. Anyway, so we're given all of this information about these particular soldiers, so we're all pretty confident. Molly they're they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die right now. They're going to die. They're, they're, I was really angry watching this. I was like, why are you You were shouting at the TV. You kept yelling <laughs> no and stop. <laughs> But you didn't say apples, so we had no, to keep so going. We had to keep going. Yeah, those are the rules. My next note is actually skips the rest of the scene, but the uh, the, the a, a military base is attacked by a. I'm gonna say Decepticon. It must have been a yeah, Decepticon. Yeah, it's it's like a helicopter turns into a scorpion. <laughs> God, this Every, all it's you, all so dumb. Like it's it's profoundly it's silly material. Every set. Here's the thing. It's silly, but it's shot as if it's, it's deadly really serious. serious. And as a result, it is neither. It is just beige. Confusing. Yeah. Oh, it's such a, it's such a baffling movie. I feel like I just came in here and I had to watch, you know, like a two hour lecture on like drill heads that was delivered in a person who kept switching languages every seven seconds. <laughs> You know, like, maybe I kind of understand the French, but now he's speaking Spanish, and I don't know what they're saying. And then it's Japanese, and I definitely don't understand. Oh, here's some English. I get the English part. Okay, good. Yes. So it fits on, and it's a magnetic lock. No, you've switched to German. What are you doing? I think, in terms of plot, it did have a through line. Oh, yeah. There was a narrative. But the, it kept on getting derailed by these huge set pieces that are just... Ah. <sighs> It felt like two people in a room desperately trying to pitch stories at each other. And they were just... One person would get in a few words, and then the other person would get in a few words. And they were telling two different stories. One of them was a high school... So I'm listening to the piano as well in the background, (laughs) which is just adding to the... And the other one was robots kill each other. And they were like, good, good, good. Yeah, that's definitely one movie. 
Let's put those together. There's definitely, definitely one entire one movie. movie. Let's talk about Sam Witwicky. Not him, actually, because he's young Indiana Let's Jones. Let's talk about Stanley Yelnats. Let's talk about his And his great-great-great-grandfather, Stanley Yelnats. <laughs> <laughs> now, you observed that... Because Sam Witwicky's grandfather, then his great-grandfather, then his... Great, like, they keep adding greats. Every time they brought up this, his predecessor, they would keep adding greats to the grandfather. So we don't know how far removed he is from this ancestor yeah. of his. But the as he's telling the story, we are taken to a flashback of like eighteen ninety eight or whenever it was. I think it was in the thirties. Doing that was supposed to have been yeah. in the thirties. Well, it was his Arctic expedition, and uh, I was quite surprised to see a uh, potential actual friend of the show, William Morgan Shepherd, playing uh, the elder Captain Whitwicky. I I know William; he's an awesome dude. And Aww. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Does he shop at Ralph's? Uh, he does shop at Ralph's, Aww. actually. He, he, that's a choice that he's Any made. Any friend of Ralph's is a friend of mine. <laughs> Which is why we love the great, amazing deals at Ralph's. Right now, you can get a bottle of Ruby Red Squirt for $1.99. It was 99 cents last week. I got a bit of a scare yesterday when I went to get it, and the price had almost doubled. What the fuck are you doing, Ralph's? Don't scare me like that. Give me that information ahead of time. You've doubled the price. I was going to get two bottles of soda. I was only able to get one. That's that's terrible. You're very bad. You're bad decision makers, and your sales are garbage. Anyway, uh, shop at Ralph's. Strawberries, two for five this week. <laughs> Fresh fruit, great prices. <laughs> That's the power of Walmart. Wait, no, hang on. Wait. Um, Safeway. Anyway, so... <laughs> so but Sam Witwicky's teacher is the person I wanted to come to, because he's the least effective teacher on the planet. Like, when Sam Witwicky is getting up to talk, and the other kids are making fun of him, he does two things. Firstly, he says, Kids responsibility, and then says nothing, nothing else. else. What does that mean? And then at any other time they're heckling Sam, he just holds up a stop sign like he's Jack Black on Sesame Street. <laughs> and it, there's no actual, like, this teacher doesn't want to be here. But maybe that's the actor channeling his inner, like, why am I doing this movie? Maybe there's he never actual... never shows up again. The actor never shows up again. Yeah. But it's one of those actors that you see, and I was like, oh, I know that guy. I've seen him in stuff. Oh, he was in Stargate. Brilliant. Like, that. he's that kind of actor and there's a lot of those in this movie of just oh it's there's him. a lot of faces I write Arwen from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody was in this movie <laughs> yes and um Phil of the Future the the principal from Phil of the Future whose name I'm blanking on mm-hmm. I think it's Principal Hackett he was I'm not familiar briefly with the show. he had a brief cameo in this movie. I don't know the actor's name but I'm recognizing a lot of people from Disney Channel shows I suspect that this project probably started life at Nickelodeon Studios, which is also owned by Paramount, um, and then shifted to Paramount proper. So that feels like there's a lot of like that stable mm. of actors in this movie, and also William Morgan Shepherd with a frosty, frosty beard, looking like Captain Birdseye. Uh. It was pretty rad. Uh, oh, and Sam Witwicky, his presentation is on his great grandfather, his great 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 grandfather. Which, great, 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 great. but he then takes that opportunity to like set, try to like sell his grandfather's like glasses and compass and all to raise money for this car he wants to. But buy. But he already said that he had the money for the car, so I don't know why he's still trying to hawk his wares. Yeah, I, he I, established that he had he was going halfsies with his dad on a car, and he already had the money he needed. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't paint. Uh, Sam in a very no. I don't want to be. A, I don't way. like this kid. Yeah, and here's the thing: some movies have what is called an arc, where a character starts off in an uh, you know in a position of like you don't like. Yeah, them. Ben, explain what an arc is to me. Yeah, so <clears throat> sometimes in movies yeah? we have what is called a character yeah? arc. An arc? And, How do you spell that? R R. It's it's what what are you saying? It's R K R R Kelly. R Kelly is the person who coined the term. Like, Sam Witwicky just, like, he has an arc, but the arc is... He gets beaten up. to have sex. He does get to have sex on the he hood of the from, car that from, is a robot. That is a person. He gets to, it's a three-way, really. It's basically it's, They're a having sex on top of someone else, who's, like, not really an active participant. Well, that's but more voyeurism, right? We've established that Bumblebee is a voyeur, because he's constantly trying to get yeah, Sam to hook what up is, with uh, this girl. Bumblebee spends most of his, like, after Sam Witwicky buys Bumblebee, Bumblebee spends most of the first half of the movie before he reveals he's a robot... Trying to hook up Sam Witwicky with Megan Fox's character, whose name I've already forgotten. Michaela. Michaela? I don't think they ever... After the first few minutes of her introduction, they never call her by name, I don't think. Not until the, near the end of the movie. Yeah. Because I remember hearing her name at the end and going, Oh. oh. 
Yeah, like that. We'll just call her Meg, Maggie. Uh, uh, just Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan? No, <laughs> Megan Fox. I feel like she would have done a better job in this movie. Friend of the show, Megan Fox. She's Meg, from Tennessee. Yeah, Meg Ryan would have been... If this Transformers movie had come out in the early 80s, Meg it would Ryan probably would have been, been Meg Ryan, of course. This movie is just frustrating to to push through. So there's the point where, you know, Sam Witwicky has picked up Megan Fox because her boyfriend is a jerk and they're driving along and then Bumblebee like pretends to break down to try to set the mood. <sighs> and Megan Fox is looking under the hood of the car and she's like, oh, she knows all this stuff about cars. Brilliant. And then, uh, you know, Sam says, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, figured you for a gearhead. And she's like, yeah, well, I, you know, I tend to keep that because guys don't like to know when I'm you know, when a woman knows more about cars than they do. And then Sam Witwicky's response... when it's important, but most men don't like it. Yeah, that's... It's just so frustrating. But then Sam says, um, no, I, I don't mind... Uh, I don't mind females working on my Jesus. engine. I actually prefer it. And his use of the word female... No, 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 no. I hadn't even thought about that. ...is distinctly Ferengi. Yeah. It's so... Now that you're saying that, ugh... Nothing about... Uh. And then later when he's like, well, there's only one seatbelt back here and you don't want to sit in the front seat, so clearly the logical solution is to sit on my lap. And she's like, okay, cool. I will do that. I will put my butt on your penis. For comfort. Uh. Uh. You were going to tell me a story about how Megan Fox got cast in this. Yes, we were... Because we were um, talking about misogyny. (laughs) We were talking about... Misogyny seems to be very much the through line of Transformers. It's Transformers, colon, misogyny. 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 Dark side of the misogyny. It's it's Mansformers. Mansformers. Uh dark side of the patriarchy. Um so my understanding my and, and this is a lo- I'm loosely remembering a story I heard a couple of years so ago. So this might be entirely false. It may be fifty percent false. But part of Megan Fox's and I think she said this in interviews, like part of Megan Fox's audition process, I think was to wash Michael Bay's car in a bikini. While he watched. Podcast is cancelled. Is that it? Are we done? We're done. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Tour. <laughs> there will be no episode next week because Molly is like physically melting. Uh, her, her flesh is hanging off of her skeleton. Her God. skeleton has kind of yeah, turned into like a weird pudding. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, a, that's the same as the transformer noise that you made at the beginning of the movie. No. Robot noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound that robots make. That is the sound that robots uh, make. This film is an. My note down the line is this film is an incomprehensible mess, and it is. You you made an observation about the camera movement in this film because there are almost no static shots. The camera is always it's always orbiting. moving. Yeah, it's just kind of it just kind of rocks back and forth. It's like the camera person is sitting on a swing set and they just can't and they're just like going back and forth and back and forth. And because of the way the movie is lit as well, because the darks are very dark and the lights are very orange or blue. Powerful light, powerful darkness. Yes, and the film looks bad. It is a bad looking movie that looks bad. It looks like. It looks like a war movie from, like, 2002. It kind of reminds me of, you know, when, like, like a high school kid will get their first, like, nice camera and they they fancy themselves a photographer and they yeah. go out and they take a bunch of shots and they just, like, HDR the shit out of them until yeah. you can't even recognize the subject matter anymore. And then they, they cobble together the footage in iMovie <laughs> and add some shitty music that they found off of the internet on top uh, of it. And that is how Transformers, I think, got made. Like. Yeah. It felt like... A high school boy made this. It has all of the trappings of a movie, but none of the logic and sense of (laughs) one. It's not so much that you had to suspend your disbelief to watch this movie, so much as you had to kind of marinate in your disbelief Mm. and just kind of... You have to spend the whole movie going, all right. Like, aggressively and actively accepting your own disbelief. Yeah. It's, It's not so... Here's the thing. It's not that nothing happens in this movie. Because a lot of things happen in this movie. But they don't stop happening. Yeah. It's that everything happens. It's simultaneously very bombastic, but also incredibly dull. There's so much everything happening all the time that it just becomes dull. It's It's, a dull... I mean, it's Bayhem. And this movie knew 
we knew the, to expect that. Yeah. I mean, having seen it before, but also just like knowing what a Michael Bay movie is. Like, we are not surprised. No, but we are we're disappointed. Not, we're not telling you anything that you don't already know, listener, if you know anything about this franchise or Michael Bay. But, but still. It's difficult. It was it's a, still it, painful. It was a rough watch. Michael Bay directs movies like he doesn't want them to be good. Like he's making a conscious effort to make a bad movie. It's like he, there's a teenage boy that just like possesses his body. And every then the, time he steps up to direct. And there are moments where you know they they meet one robot. Bumblebee is turned into like he's he's revealed himself to be a transformer. They fight one of Megatron's lackeys. And then the next scene, it just cuts to nighttime. For no, there's no reason for it to be nighttime, but they've just decided, oh, well, these shots would look nicer in the dark, so it's nighttime now. Like, the day-night cycle in this movie is effed in the B. I'm it's filmed think- in the black. <laughs> when you, by the time you get to the end and there's the final battle, we were trying to calculate how many hours and days it had been since, like, Sam, Sam and Friends... <laughs> <laughs> the Salmon Friends. Salmon Friends, brought to you by SK. <laughs> How long it had been since Salmon Friends had slept? You, How many hours or days it had your been? Your estimate was what, 48 hours? At least hours? 48. There's that part where Megatron is like stalking Samwick. Samwick, he's got the all spark, which I is a box. I keep on thinking you're saying Samwise. Samwise Gamgee has Samwise, got the all spark. Samwise has got the all spark. And, and Megatron is like stalking him through what, a big grand, a church? And he says, I can smell you, boy. And it's like, yes, this he man. He hasn't showered. He's a teenage boy. He probably hadn't showered that much, you know, before the 48 hour period where or he Or maybe it's slept. just all acts. It's all acts. He's like, I can smell your. What's the what? I don't know. I'm trying to think Body of Body spray? Your I can pits. smell your chocolate devotion, <laughs> Your double pits to chesty. That's a Megatron voice really took it out of me. Yeah, I couldn't do one. All mm. I can do is... That's the exact sound that a Transformer makes. It is uncanny. You should record that and sell it. You could... You yeah. could that's a marketable skill. Because they have to use computers sounds. for that. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was kind of like the opposite of playing the video game Civilization. And that Civilization, not a lot happens for long stretches of time, but you're still kind of interested in the game. It's a very slow-moving game, but you want, you know, you're invested and you're you're moving things along. And um, you're probably going to play for two or three hours before anything of consequence happens in a game of Civilization. In Transformers, everything is happening very, very quickly, very suddenly, but... There's no weight to any of it. It's very... It's ephemeral. And and I'm sure I've said that word about other movies in the uh. past on, on this podcast, but it's... There's so much happening, but you're so, so bored. Your brain doesn't know how to interpret and, like, prioritize the information it's receiving. Like, you don't know what is yeah. important and what you should be paying attention to and what is of any consequence in terms of the the overarching story. This, I feel like... Story being a term I use very loosely. <laughs> I feel like watching Transformers is a great way to simulate the effect of having recently suffered a major head injury and then trying to watch any movie. Mm. Except I haven't suffered a, a head injury. Should we bring in our concussion expert, Timber, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Timber likes... Transformers. Yeah, though, right? she caught like, the tail end of it. She's like, "Oh yeah, I love this movie. I love Bumblebee." And I'm like, "Who are you?" <laughs> she must be very excited about the spin. Oh no, <laughs> we love you. Do you want to come in and say a few words in its defense? No, it's, it is a terrible movie, but I like it. I like Bumblebee. It's a terrible movie, but I like it. I like Bumblebee. <laughs> Those were her words. In fairness, I like some bad movies. We know this. We, I liked Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder how much of our appreciation of Power Rangers comes from our, you know, the fact that it's a, a fairly key component in our respective childhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got that movie for Christmas and watched it a lot. You watched it a lot with your brother, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. As I recall from you saying in, in the previous episode. I don't have the attachment to Transformers. Yeah, I don't same. even have the memory of having previously been attached. But I, the one... <laughs> they were going to say having been a Transformer. Having been a Transformer, of course. No, I'm actually Bumblebee. Don't forget to uh, ask me for your for my autograph at the convention. Um, Does that mean you're a voyeur? Yes. I let Shia Booth and Megan Fox bang on my hood. On the hood of your car. Yes. While I watched. My nephew, 
who is, uh, I think, 21 now, 21, 22. So he would have been about 12 when this movie came out. This was, for a long time, his all-time favourite movie. All-time favourite movie. Favourite movie ever in the entire history of cinema. In the entire recorded history of film being captured by human beings and also that one monkey who took a selfie. This is the his fav, This was his favourite thing. I don't know if that's still true, but I will never forget that he's grown up. Like, for him, the language of a Michael Bay movie makes sense. Because there have been, what, five of these movies now? I guess with two that's more like on the way? what you were raised on. Yeah. And if that was your understanding of what Transformers was. I weep. I weep for the youth. I feel of today. bad for him. I don't have the equipment to pass the thing we literally just watched. I think this must be how, like, baby boobers. Ba- baby boobers? Ba- baby boobers. This must be how baby boomers feel when they see kids on their phones all the time. It's like, ah, millennials always texting. It's like, well. That's what my parents sound like. Yes. Give me pictures of Spider-Man! Like, it's... <laughs> With your fancy mobile phone. Yes, exactly. I, when, when, when the older generations look and see kids, like, on their phones or using tablets or on the internet or making vlogs and they're just kind of gently baffled by it, that's how I feel by Transformers. Mm. Like, I don't understand this. It's I do not, not... for us. I don't understand the technology that is on display here. This movie isn't for me no. on any level. It's not for me. It was not made for me. No. It was it was trying to be made for you. But, but yeah, it was but I, I mean think it just missed you. This was a movie that I think I mean I was 21 when this movie came out. I was 21 when this movie came out and I would have been in the key demo for this film at its release like people who grew up with the original Transformers. You know, young men, most likely, especially considering how fucking misogynistic this film is. There's, there's no woman on the planet who's looking at Transformers and going, yes, uh. except for your wife. But she also acknowledges it's terrible. So that's something. But, you know, I miss, like, I, I, I know I liked Transformers, but I don't remember why. And if it's, if, if the cartoon is anything like this movie, I want to build a time machine and punch young Ben square in the face. I want to punch him so hard he cannot... spirit punch him out of his body? Yes. I want a, I want a Doctor Strange fight with my past self. And if I had the time stone, I could do that. But I don't, so I can't. But maybe... No spoilers. Maybe I actually travelled back in time and punched myself so hard that I don't remember... That's why I don't remember yeah. why I like Transformers. That makes sense. Yeah. So how do we solve a problem like making talking about Transformers <laughs> interesting? How do we catch a Shia LaBeouf... And uh, <laughs> down. Uh, you said it like you were gently drowning. <laughs> like the scuba diver guy from uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The cartoon, not the movie. Yes, exactly. That'd like be silly. That. Yeah, I knew that would be a reference you would get. There are four more Transformers Jesus movies, Christ. and there are two more coming out in the next year. No, 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 no. That's Morse code. No, no. no. <laughs> it's just the Morse code, ironically, is just you going, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> Um, but the other Transformers films are on our list. Mm. We're going to talk no. about them. We're no. going to watch them. Not no. now. I think we should limit ourselves to one Transformers movie every six months. This was really bad. Yeah, I'm hoping they get better. I really want them to get better. Because there's so many of them. It's hard to be like, jokey, jokey, ha ha, let's have a fun talk on this podcast of ours with these movies because there's nothing fun about them they're just even the parts of them that are silly aren't like silly they're like they're like poor choices like when the the sector seven agent has uh sam witwicky and megan fox in the back of his car and is talking about like her criminal history and then he says she's a criminal that's hot. And it's like, no, she's stop. a teenager. She is under the age of legal consent, you creepy bald man. Was also, he, bald? he was a little bald at the no. front. He was thinning. That, who was that? Agent Simmons? I don't remember any of these Undergoes characters' like names. Undergoes like a fundamental personality change over the course of this film. Yes. Like he starts out as like this hard ass federal agent who likes to intimidate children. And then by the end, he's like this wacky scientist man. Yeah. I don't understand. The, well, the thing is, the film is not expecting you to, like, 
stay invested this... in any of these characters because <sighs> the characterization is so inconsistent from moment to moment. It's what it is like is it's like 27 separate directors were like, you get to direct five minutes of a Transformers yeah, it's movie. It's like every page of the screenplay was written by a different person who could only read the page before. Yeah. Oh my god, that's exactly it. it it's, it's, uh, it's like, what's it called? Like an exquisite corpse or whatever it's called, where it's, you know, you only write so many pages and then you're not only allowed to read the last page of what was written before, like you said, mm-hmm. and there's no cohesion. It's just, it's Play Doh. It's like a, a mad lib of a film. It's, it, it, oh my god, it's absolutely. If we bought Transformers Mad Lib, <laughs> we could probably reproduce this yeah. movie fairly easily. There's just no, there was no heft to it, there was no weight, there was no. I feel so weary. I I feel lessened as a person. I, I feel, feel reduced, frayed, diminished, yeah, whittled away, worn thin, like butter scraped over too much bread. <laughs> uh, I I definitely feel like I've seen this movie once, and now I've seen it twice, and I'm gonna be aware of having lost about five hours of my life <sighs> to this movie. For the rest of it. No sacrifice, no victory. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> and the film just ends as well. Like, Megatron and uh, Opt- Optimus Prime are, are having that big fight over the Allspark. And Optimus is like, we have to destroy the Allspark. Stick it in my chest. And so Sam Witwicky sticks it in um, uh, Megatron's, Megatron's chest, chest instead. instead. Megatron dies. And then the film's like, okay, neat. Bang on the hood of the car, end credits. There were so many other plot threads. There were the military boys with their families and their etouffee. And there there was the the Tasmanian girl and her buddies. And Dre from Blackish. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, the, one they, of the reasons... There were a lot of things that happened, but I didn't get a sense of like how any of these B plots contributed. It's, there's just a lot of it was noise. It's just, a, it's just a lot of like, oh, like here's a, a pretty white lady doing hacking and speaking in an accent. That one's for you, Jake, in the <laughs> audience. Like you like Australian chicks, right, Jake? <laughs> Jake, this is for you. She's smart. She's a hacker. She's blonde. She's Australian. She's thin. She's conventionally attractive, but not so conventionally attractive so as to render her unattainable. You you. You enjoy yourself, Jake. You go to town. <laughs> Not when there's other people in the theatre, obviously. <laughs> in the privacy of your own home, after yeah. buying the home video release. Yes. It's And then Jake will die. And then Jake this dies. This movie will kill you. It will, it will kill If you don't wear protective people. eyewear, which we had, fortunately. Yeah, very, I mean, you 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 have the, the basic stuff uh, just kind of accessible. Yeah, I around. ordered it on Amazon, and it, yeah. and it shipped the same day, the little safety kit that it comes with. Yeah, you can just Google Transformer safety kit. You can find them on, like, Target, Amazon, yeah. Walmart, pretty much any major retailer. In the UK, I think Tesco stocked them. Um, you might, I, th- I think they stopped selling them in, uh, you know, Asian territories like Japan and whatnot. So I would recommend importing. I think yeah. that's prohibitively expensive though. So um, just don't, if you're in Japan or any other East Asian country. Yeah, it's, it's probably. You should probably just avoid it entirely. Yeah. It's just bad. It's just a disaster. When you hear the term disaster movie. Oh, this is what you, this is it. Yeah. I, it's, it, we've recontextualized what makes a disaster movie. Everything about it is a it disaster. Is. It's just. The content of it is a disaster. Like diegetically and non-diegetically, it is a disaster. And the worst thing about it is Michael Bay made a bad movie, but also tangentially made a bad episode of this podcast because we have, there's not enough. You know, there isn't enough corn on the cob here for us to gnaw at. Do you think he did it because I'm a woman? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Think he did this to us. He he targeted me personally. He said, "No, no, no." Yes, yes, yes. No. He, yes, specifically despite you. Let's talk about robots having lips for a minute. Oh God! Because the mouths. The, they the don't. Faces. They have these weird, so like disturbing, tiny, like bird beak mouths. Nothing about the design of the Autobots. Or like whatever they were, nothing about the design Go-bots. of the of the GoBots yes. was appealing. No, it didn't look. Looking at them, if I were a young child who was in the the target market, I wouldn't say that's a fun toy I want to play with. I would say those are a lot of small, sharp, moving parts that could injure me. Yeah, or at least that's what I'm saying right now as an adult woman. Yeah. Those are a lot of small, sharp, moving parts that could definitely. 
hurt me. I can't and give, give me a lot of tiny little cuts that would burn. I can't give this toy to Billy. He'll choke. Yeah. He'll, or he'll sli- too many slash himself parts. up. Yeah, or at, le- at the very least, he'll like lose all the pieces and then I'll step on them in the middle of the night. Yeah. Or they'll like come out in the wash. Like I'll, I'll be finding these in, in the lint trap for years because all these little pieces are just going to get everywhere. All over the house. Yeah. The dog's going to eat one and you're going to have to take it to the doggy ER. Doggy ER. Doggy ER. I I don't know that I have inside of me the wherewithal to articulate how wretched an experience this movie was. It's not I still think the emoji movie is the worst film we've watched. I still I still believe in my heart of hearts that we've watched and recorded a full episode about Digimon I think the Digimon movie is not a movie. It wasn't viable. Yeah. The Digimon movie was... We re- we rejected the graft on that one. Yes. <laughs> um, the Emoji movie is the worst movie because it has the trappings of a movie and it can draw you in and then you're stuck it in a nightmare you, and then it, makes, it makes you think it's a movie. Yes. And you walk through the door and then you're trapped for an hour and a half. Yeah. Whereas this is two hours of incomprehensible, swirling, mawkish gunk masquerading as a movie. I don't know that it even does that, the masquerading. Because you look at it, you say, oh, that's a Michael Bay film. You can watch the trailer. The trailer tells you everything you need to know about the experience of watching this You movie. know what? The trailer makes sense. Does it? The trailer makes more sense than the movie if you, does. If you have a hankering for some Transformers, just watch the trailer. Yeah. Just watch the trailer a couple dozen times. Yeah, and that's on Netflix. For, for, on Netflix, for two hours, 23 minutes, watch that trailer over and over again. It's, it's on the YouTube. It's probably a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. Do that. At least the trailer like has a through line and is concise and it shows you the fun action parts. You know, quote, fun action parts. Yeah. It shows you little snippets and really that's all you need. You just need a little taste. You don't need the whole jar of Marmite. Just a little taste. It's a little, a little sousson. Yeah, a, a sousson. An amuse-bouche. An amuse-bouche. <laughs> and uh, and just, just don't dive in. You know, sometimes you just need to dip your toe in the shallow end of the pool. You don't need to jump in the deep end. Especially when the deep end is filled with baffling robots. And metal scorpions. Metal scorpions. Oh, gosh. Those soldiers, by the way, didn't die, but the film went to a lot of effort to make us think that they had, and then they just were alive later. And then they just were alive. It was so weird, because it was just a whole other set of characters that I was like, oh, great, now I have to care about these people. Like, make up your mind. There were just a lot of sets of characters that I was like, why are these here? So, for context, this film was written by uh, Robert Orkey and Alex Kurtzman, who... I don't know if you recognize those names. Those sound like made-up names. Uh, they wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Those weren't bad, were they? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man was a bad movie. And Amazing Spider-Man 2 was there so bad many, I didn't finish it. There are too it. many Spider-Mans. There's six now. There's That's too many. With three separate continents. I can't keep them straight. Which one is The Amazing One? Uh, the Amazing One is there's, Andrew there's, Garfield. Okay, so I, that's the first one is the one with Xenophilius Lovegood, right? He turns into a lizard. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. And the second Amazing Spider-Man is the one with Jamie Foxx. The blue man? Turning into a blue electric boy. I haven't seen that one. I watched half of it on a plane and gave up because it was so <laughs> wretched. But um, they also, uh, Robert Orkey and Alex Kurtzman also wrote the first two of the J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams Star Trek movies. The first one of which was really strong, and the second one of which... Had some good ideas, but kind of fumbled them. I just wish I could be, you know, a middle-aged, mediocre white man. So I could keep on getting these writing gigs, like these boys. Which beloved 80s property uh, that is near and dear to the hearts of people in their mid-30s across the nation <laughs> would you like to basically kind of get very Ooh, wrong? I would do... I, don't, I wouldn't get it wrong, because I do things right. So I would love to do TNG. Because it's near and dear to my heart. Okay, alright. So here's That's the only gonna... 80s thing that I really am emotionally attached to. It's interesting because I... Because I'm an, a 90s child. Yeah, because because Next Gen didn't arrive in the UK until like 1991, I think. My, I always associate it with the 90s, but that's, also my, that's when my childhood is. But I do know that it started in 87. Here's what we're going to do with the tail end of this episode so that we are having some fun. <laughs> we Bring deserve some joy. this. We deserve we're this. We're worth it. yeah. L'Oreal. This is self-care. Maybe we're born with it. Maybe it's self-care. <laughs> um, Fancast, a reboot Next Generation ooh, movie. Ooh. Uh, so let's go down all the characters. Let's start with Captain Picard. Who do we cast as, as Picard? Patrick Stewart. Okay, now he 
had no, he didn't age for a very long time, but I think he spent the last ten years rapidly oh, aging. No. I'm very, very acutely aware of the fact that his time on this earth is is no. is limited. I'm gonna cry very hard. Yes. Whenever he decides to ascend, my space dad. As soon as he checks out, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sad time. Part of me wants to just very lazily say James McAvoy, but I, I, that's too on the nose. That's too obvious. Um, we need someone who uh, is English with gravitas. We need someone who... Um, See, I want to say Tom Brady as a joke. Is that who I'm thinking of? <laughs> um, Tom the Hardy? Man? Oh, Tom Brady is a football player, I think maybe? Tom Brady's a football player. <laughs> that would be that would actually be, really entertaining. That would be from left field, yeah. Um, or was, from left football left term, fo- terminology. From the other football. From the... Other, from yeah. the in- so, yeah, we got there in the end. Uh, Yay, sports. This is the quality content yeah. you come here for. Tom Tom Hardy, I think, I and mean, we've seen no, him I basically. No, I Tom Brady. <laughs> Alright, so we've got Tom Brady Hold as Picard. Hold on, I'm gonna, I don't actually know what this man looks like. I'm gonna look up Tom Brady, and I'm gonna picture what he would look like bald. And if he looks like he would have a good shaped head under there. <laughs> oh, no. He's, but he's a football player, so he's got like... 8,000 concussions. Oh, there's there's a lot of pictures of him kind of pouting. He's Timber co- just yelled from the other room, he's a quarterback, and I know she's cringing because I'm so dumb. Um, Just neither of us are sports people. Timber I think his sports. head would look okay. He's got a really strong jaw. Now, I would accept Tom Brady as Riker. Okay, Tom Brady as <laughs> Riker. Is Riker. So Tom who, Hardy Tom is Hardy. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as Data. <laughs> Let's just stick with the Toms. Okay, um... I feel like we're going to run out of Tom's very rapidly. A, what can Tom Felton be? As Tasha? Okay. <laughs> He's got the hair for yeah. it. <laughs> um, Justin Tombalake. I'm, I'm really stretching here as uh, as Barkley. I'm going to go on IMDb and just enter Tom and <laughs> just see which Tom. Toms we haven't used yet. What about... Who, although we haven't even hit Tom Cruise. Tom... There's a lot... What about the women? Uh, are there any... Do we know of any female, female Toms? Toms. What about if there's like a Thomasina? Thomasina. Who was the voice of Tombolina in the movie Tombolina? But it's not how you pronounce Tombolina. I um, mean, the Don Bluth one? Yes. Tom Bluth. Um. <laughs> Jody Benson. Okay. So Jody Benson can be um, Dr. Crusher. No, no, because if the corollary is we'll have Toms for the guys and Jodies for the girls. So Jody Foster. Will be... Will be uh, Dr. Crusher. And the other Jodie that you just mentioned, she I can be... I already forgot her last She name. can be Beverly Troy. Beverly Troy Beverly is not Troy a real... Beverly Troy is She can be child. Deanna Troy. In this reboot, there are a couple. Yeah. Uh, Michael Dorn is still Worf. I think we have to let Michael Dorn keep that role. He's now Tom Dorn. He, he, uh, Michael Tom. Michael Tom. Michael Thomas Dorn. So, to recap, we have Tom Hardy as Picard. We have Tom, Tom Brady, Brady as Riker. Riker. We have Tom Hiddleston as Data. Data. We, we have, have Tom Felton. Tom as Felton as Tashia. We have uh, Michael Dawn, who's, who we've renamed as Michael Thomas Dawn, uh, as as Worf, who is also. We have co- Tom Tom as the computer. Tom Tom as the computer. <laughs> we have Jodie Foster as uh, Beverly Crusher. We have Jodie Benson. Jodie Benson as uh, Beverly Troy, who we've <laughs> who renamed. Is, who is Beverly Indiana's child? Yes. So Wesley Crusher is who we've just kind of described. Or is Wesley his own person and he has like a half-sister? He has to be uh, his own person. Or she. We can, you know, we can cast either way on this one. That's true. Should I look up some more Toms? Yeah, see if we can find a good Tom for... Oh, I feel like Tom Felton would also make a good Wesley Crusher. Because they're both good at pouting. So Tom Felton can play both Both, characters. Yeah, they just never are in the same scene together. Yeah, we're not going to pay for the split screen. Tom Holland! Tom Holland? I can't believe neither of us thought about Tom Holland. No, I feel like that should be Wesley Crusher. He's the new Spider-Man. Yeah. No, uh, t- well, we've already cast Wesley Crusher, so he has to be someone else. Who else can he be? Tom Holland can be, uh, he can be Barkley. Tom Holland can? Yeah. I just feel like he's so young. Yeah. Maybe Tom Holland can be Dr. Pulaski. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> this is, okay, we need to run through this again. Okay, so from the top, we've got Tom Hardy as Captain Picard. We have Tom, Tom Brady, Brady as-, as Commander William Tom Brady Riker. <laughs> we have uh, Tom Hiddleston as Data. We have Michael Dorn as Wolf. Of course. We have Michael Thomas Dorn. Yes. We have Jodie Foster as Beverly Crusher. We have Jodie Benson as Beverly Troy. <laughs> Beverly Troy. Wait, we don't have anyone for actual Troy, do we? No, this is this is Troy's character has been revamped into Beverly Troy. 
Is is Troy now like Beverly's child? No, I, or are they just incidentally we just have just, two crew members they both named happen Beverly? To, this is the reason why everyone on the Enterprise D okay. is referred to by their last so name is because there's these Beverly two. Beverly D. Yeah. Or Beverly T. Beverly D T. Yeah. Beverly Deanna Troy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her maiden name was Deanna, and then she married someone whose last name was Troy. Um, and then we have Tom Holland as... Did we say he, he was Dr. Pulaski? <laughs> we have Tom Felton as Tasha Yar and, and Wesley as Wesley Crusher. Crusher. You know, and we have Jodie Turner-Smith as as Joe LaForge. Okay. Jo- Jordina. Okay. Uh, is there anyone we're missing out from like the core cast? And Tom Tom is as obviously... Tom as Tom computer. is the computer. Which means that doesn't Tom Tom also play Loxana Troy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she beams on board and it's like a GPS. <laughs> and uh, her manservant, Mr. Tom. Let's see. I think... I'm gonna that was a at- fun joke I just did. Because his name is Mr. Hom. No, that's very And I clever. made him... Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're so funny, Ben. Thank you very much. And in the first episode, Carl Urban has to make an appearance as... Um, as bones, yes, in aged-up makeup. He's got to make a racist joke. Oh, about he's Hawkins. he's he's Tom Urban now. Yes, Tom Urban. Tom Urban. I don't know if you want to get super nitty-gritty like Ensign Rowe and stuff. No, I think we're good. I think the only person we need to uh, cast is oh, uh, is Guy. Oh, Brian. Oh, Chief O'Brien. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, no, that's it. No, 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 that's perfect. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is this like hardened, embittered. <laughs> Transporter chief. That's perfect. Sure, he's not Irish, but, you know, we'll make it work. I feel like it wouldn't matter at that point. And then, obviously, I think the last person that we absolutely... There's two other characters we have to cast. One is Q, and the other is Guinan. I'm going to throw a pitch out for Guinan. Yes. Key and Peel, both of them. <laughs> just interchangeably? No, just they're but always on screen together. Uh, are they? And they're just collectively referred to as Guinan. Oh, so it's like the two of them Yeah. are just a single... They're like two it's never, organisms that share a consciousness. It's never really addressed, but they're both, they're Guinan. They're Guinan. Key and Peel as Guinan. Yes. Tom Key and Tom Peel as Guinan. <laughs> uh, and then um, for Q, who do we go for for Q? Jody Sweeten a Full House. Okay, perfect. We've got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we How have... How rude we is Q's new catchphrase? <laughs> we have just... Uh, successfully put together a core cast for a J.J. A, a Abrams reboot of Star Trek The Next Generation. I personally am very excited, I'm excited too. about this. Um, I'm going to start working, I think, on writing the first episode. But in the meantime, what is our next... What is the next episode of this show? Candyland. Candyland. The Great Lollipop Adventure. And you're saying this with a smile on your face that suggests you're either excited about this movie or you have seen it or I both. haven't seen it. I am excited about it because I know it's going to be awful. But the good kind of awful, the, not the uh, incomprehensible. Hopefully the good kind of awful. Because, like, no one's hopefully going to die. There was a point this? in Transformers where oh, you were geez. so convinced you had seen a human leg. No, I had. Severed from a body that you rewound it and we discovered it, it was, was most likely a mannequin leg. Mannequin. But I did successfully identify, you identified a human it, leg. But until we rewound it, you were, you were this as a person's leg. You had the reaction of that as a severed limb. That's what it looked like. Yeah, oh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mocking you or, or okay. like yelling at you. I'm just saying that this is a thing that happened in this movie. And we had to rewind it and make it sure that we were It was distressing. It was a distressing. We didn't have movie. to rewind it for me. You didn't. You guys didn't believe me that I had seen a leg. Because that was when Timber got home. Yeah. And so I rewound it to, to take prove that I'm off. not. I don't just have weird leg hallucinations. You could just have weird leg hallucinations. I hope I don't start having weird leg hallucinations. You just think... like a disembodied leg floating in front of your vision. That you think like... that's likely? I mean, now I do. <laughs> If it starts happening, I'll know what the root was. It was me. When I talk to my therapist. Or my neurologist, I guess. Or your theraneurologist. My theraneurologist. So yeah, Candyland, the great gumball Lollipop adventure. I really, I have no idea what to expect from this. I literally, just when we were looking for movies to watch, when we started making our list before we officially started the podcast, I just looked up like game or toy property movie. I just Googled that. And I, so I found a Candyland movie, so I put it on the list. But I have no idea what to expect. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, I think it's I on I hope YouTube. I don't have to spend money for this. No. Transformers is a pretty big, pretty popular movie. And so I figured we would just do a 180 
and take a look at a very not popular movie that probably no one has seen. Yeah. Hey, here's an idea. Here's a soft pitch. You can feel free to shoot this down. What if we played Candyland while we reviewed Candyland? I have. I can't remember the last time I played. Candyland. I've never played Candyland. Where I have would no we, exposure. Where would we get? Oh, the only place you can buy board games, which is a thrift store. Okay. There'll yeah. be pieces we can, missing. We can hit up Goodwill if you yeah. want. I've never played Candyland. I say we do that. We play. Well, I mean, I would be really bad at teaching you the rules, but hopefully oh, no. the rules are simple because they're for children, or will we just disregard the rules entirely. We That's learn by playing. Option. Okay. That's how we do it. Maybe we'll do that. If there's n- if there's not really a lot of meat on the Candyland yeah. movie bone, we will just spend the episode <laughs> playing Candyland and talking about yeah. the movie a little bit. Yeah, an the- actual play podcast is, I guess, <laughs> what we will have become. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm still enamored of the phrase "movie bone" that you've just phrased. <laughs> you just coined that term. Congratulations. Wow. I think that is pretty much it for this particular episode of the podcast. Then, thank you very much for listening uh, to The Life Toyetic. If you have enjoyed the podcast, do please leave a positive review on iTunes or Skitter or wherever it is that you download the podcast. Little teeny tiny baby fledgling podcasts like ours uh, survive solely by word of mouth. So the only way people are going to listen to this is if you talk about it, if you share about share us on Twitter, um, talk about us to your friends, and just help make us the beginning of a fledgling media empire that consumes our entire lives and forces us to quit our respective day jobs. That sounds fun. Yeah, doesn't it, Just Huge thank you, as always, to Brian Melbourne for our theme, the Toyetic Toe Tapper, which he put together <laughs> and always makes Molly giggle when I say that title, even though she's the one who came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I tickled myself. Well, we will be back next week with Candyland. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. Tom Brady sold separately. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs>